Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church that's in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you'll be able to hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now, for a sermon from our lead pastor, Derek Ross. Awesome. Well, good morning. Welcome to those watching, worshiping online with us. God's been doing some great things. Uh, Pastor Josiah just rattling off a bunch of numbers. I don't often uh, hear a ton about them just because in my world, I've seen a lot of people focus on numbers and not people and what God is doing. But uh, this week, like so much so, I don't even actually know how many people um, come to our church. Our staff does, but Pastor Lewis told me it was more this last year. So um, I just share that with you. I thank the Lord for what he's done. He said last year, about 150 more people coming at the end of the year than at the beginning. So that's just a lot of growth last year. And then in January, he said it was over 40 more since that growth. So like, if you haven't been for a couple weeks, welcome to a new church. Uh, This is celebration. Meet somebody on your way out. It's great to have you here today. And uh, we're looking forward to that. So thanks for those opportunities. Uh, My name is Derek. I'm the lead pastor here at Celebration. One more thing that's available at the Welcome Center on your way out. Um, I mentioned last week that we finally got the uh, Israel trip sign up online so you could do that. There's an info flyer back there. We're going to have an information meeting. I was going to say informative meeting, but information meeting uh, in two weeks, February 19th. So that's out there. Some people have already signed up online because three years ago before COVID, this is actually the weekend or February 16th was three years ago when we had our Israel trip meeting and we had dozens and dozens, uh, over 40 people signed up back then. And then COVID stopped us from going. So now we're going back in one year so you can get more information about that. Uh, Hopefully you have a note sheet and uh, I'm going to get right into that. I'm continuing our series, Spirit and Power. We're extending it another month. We're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19, doing two whole chapters for a month. That's going to be phenomenal. So if you have that, uh, you could turn there in your Bible, and um, we're going to read that. In January, in case you missed it, go back and watch them. God's been doing some great things uh, in our church and those prayer commitments that I've received. And uh, now you have, apparently my microphone is not plugged in very good. I don't know what's going on, but... We'll figure it out. And uh, those three prayer mandates for the year, restoration of the family, revelation for the foolish, and preparation of the church. So uh, go back, watch those, be part of that. All right, if you have a Bible, you can turn to 1 Kings chapter 18. If you're able, would you stand to your feet this morning uh, for the reading of God's word? That's page 669. I'm also gonna read from the book of James today because we're a Bible church, and so we're going to go with more Bible, not less Bible, and uh, you can have those note sheets. They're three-hole punched in case a bunch of you are like new. I got too much stuff going on. I just need to start preaching, so stuff quits falling. You can get a binder on the way out, and uh, those are our gift to you, and uh, praise the Lord. All right, James chapter five. I want to read uh, this from uh, the New Testament. It's kind of a two-verse summary of what we have been hearing about with Elijah. The Bible reads like this, James chapter five and verse 17, then I'll come back to 1 Kings chapter 18. The Bible says, Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced 
its crops. That's kind of a summary of the spirit and power of Elijah, 1 Kings 17 and 18. Now let's go back to page 669 in my Bible, or if you're just following along with the digital one, whatever that screen is. Thank you to the tech team for making that happen. 1 Kings chapter 18. Verse 41, the Bible says, Elijah said to Ahab, that's that evil king that was there, um, go eat and drink for there is the sound of a heavy rain. Another translation said, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. What did he do? He prayed. Verse 43, go and look toward the sea, he told his servant, and he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, we'll go back. The seventh time, verse 44, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. And I love this. The Bible says, Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, and a heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Then the power of the Lord, by the way, that's what we're praying for today, the power of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he tucked his cloak into his belt, because now it was the belt that would fit him after prayer and fasting. Sorry, that was I read that about my own life into this text. That was not in there. That was just a testimony from your pastor. He tucked his cloak into his belt, and he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. I've titled this morning's message, Miraculous Ministry. That's what we're going to pray for today. I'm going to teach and preach for a few minutes, probably a half hour, and then we're going to pray together and believe, ask God what only he can do, and we're going to see miraculous ministry. Amen? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity we've been given to gather, to lift high the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. We ask, Holy Spirit, speak to us all. Change us to become more like Jesus. We ask it in that name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I remember growing up in Seattle and uh, hearing people talk about the weather. Now for 260 days in Seattle, it would rain. So being a weather forecaster, there was a great chance, two-thirds chance. Today, it's cloudy with a chance of rain. It's kind of like forecasting the weather in winter in Minnesota. It's going to be cold. You know, like there's just not a lot of variation. How cold will it get? But more than a weather pattern, I want to declare what Elijah did in a spiritual sense and let you know that I hear the sound of rain this morning. There, there may have been a drought for three and a half years. The Bible says that Elijah had prophesied that there would not be rain. It had been three and a half years. And I, I sensed last night, even as I reworked this message just a little bit, that our nation has been in a spiritual drought for three years. It, it may have been longer. It may not be isolated or exclusive to our nation, but I've sensed a, a lack of rain from heaven in these last three years. But I sense this morning that I can hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Number one, I want to talk about miraculous ministry and then we're going to pray for that. But I want us to have a, a basis, an element of a biblical basis for our ministry. This miraculous ministry, number one, it's accomplished through people. This is important for each of us because we is people. Like that, that's us. He says, Elijah was a human being. 
even as we are. Now, I'm sure you're well acquainted with your humanity, but the people in first service, they're so spiritual. You know, the nine o'clock, they're so spiritual. They were thinking, oh, well, God might not be able to use them. You're well acquainted with the scripture and you get it, I know. But a lot of times we read in the Bible, great men and women that were used by God and we think, oh, I could never do anything like that. But the Bible says Elijah was a human just like we are. What do we know? That the people that God used in the Bible were, they weren't perfect, they were people. (laughs) There is only one who is perfect and his name is Jesus. And so everyone that we read about in scripture, well, the truth is some of them did some bad stuff before God got a hold of their lives. And the rest of the truth is that some of them had some massive blunders after they had met God. And the miraculous ministry that they were part of was not necessarily because of them, but it was through them. So I submit to you this morning that God is still looking for willing vessels to be used for his glory today. Not perfect vessels, but willing vessels. You see, it's my firm belief that your ability is less important than your availability. Let me say it in the opposite so I can say it in a positive way for you. Your availability is more important than your ability. The Bible says that God gave everyone a measure of faith, that he's given everyone gifts of grace. Therefore, every talent, passion, and ability that you have is a gift from him. So the question is not what ability do you have, but what availability do you have? Because God has uniquely created and designed each and every person. The question is not what do we have or what can we do, but what are we willing to be used by God to do? When we look back throughout the scriptures, we can see dozens of people who either had human shortcomings or sinful struggles. And yet God used them in mighty ways. Think about it, friends. Moses stuttered and Noah got drunk. In case you're wondering, Moses' problem was a human shortcoming and Noah's was a sinful struggle. (laughs) Don't want you to get those two confused, okay? So Noah, Moses stuttered. Noah got drunk. David's armor didn't fit. John Mark was rejected by Paul. Timothy had ulcers. Hosea's wife, she was a prostitute. Uh, Jacob was a liar and so was Abraham and Isaac. David had an affair and Abraham was too old and Peter was afraid of death and Lazarus actually died and uh, John was self-righteous. Paul was a murderer and turns out so was Moses and also so was David but Jonah ran from God and Miriam was a gossip and Gideon doubted and Martha was a warrior and Jeremiah was depressed and suicidal but they were people just like we are We can look backwards and forwards and we can see a common thread that God has used and in fact is using imperfect people to accomplish his perfect plans. Now, because it's 2023, I just want to remind you before I move on, we're not to be content in our sinful shortcomings. We're not to just say, well, because they did it, I should too. No, come on, somebody. We're becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. But what I'm saying is that he can still use us. We need more people to respond like Isaiah and say, here am I, send me. 
Not here's my talent, not here are my abilities, not even here are my, is my money or my passions, but here I am. I'm bringing my whole self. I'm willing, I'm committed to whatever God has for my life. I'm committed, I'm willing without all the details. Now, before I move on for the sake of time, I do want to speak directly to one or two or perhaps many who are here today, maybe watching online and you don't feel like you're good enough or smart enough or whatever enough for God to use you today. Maybe it's something that a teacher told you or a parent or even a pastor, but friend, let me remind you that God has made no accidents. You were created on purpose and with a purpose and for a purpose. So don't believe the lie of the enemy one more minute that God can can't use you and doesn't have plans for you, your lack and your struggle won't limit God working through you. Because the moment you're in does not define the mission that you're on. Number two, praise the Lord. Number two, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. The moment you're in does not define the mission that you're on which is just a reminder, if you want to copy the notes, you can email me, Derek at celebrationchurch.net. I'll be happy to email you to them later. I changed it since yesterday when I emailed the staff, but praise the Lord, you'll get a version of it. Number two, <laughs> number two, miraculous ministry is initiated through prayer. It's, it's not our plans. It's not our designs. It's not our good idea. <laughs> it's initiated through prayer. The Bible says very easily in James chapter 5 and 17, he prayed. What a powerful two-word description of the spirit and power of Elijah. Lest we are deceived today and think that it was his eloquent speech or a fancy website or designer clothes. No, the most succinct description of the spirit and power of Elijah could be summarized in just those two words, he prayed. Oh, that we would see the return of earnest and fervent prayer in our lives yeah. and in our churches today. Leonard Ravenhill, you've been hearing me talk a lot about him uh, this month, said the Cinderella of the church, the overlooked, underappreciated, undervalued, the Cinderella of the church of today is the prayer meeting. The handmaid of the Lord that is unloved and unwed because she is not dripping with the pearls of intellectualism nor glamorous with the silks of philosophy. Neither is she enchanting with the tiara of psychology, for she wears the homespuns of sincerity and humility and therefore is not afraid to kneel. Miraculous ministry is initiated through prayer. You know, there are many opportunities for corporate prayer here at Celebration in addition to your personal times. Tuesday morning, intercessory prayer. Wednesday, noon prayer. Thursday evening, prayer group. We got prayer starting uh, every week. We got new prayer groups, things happening. But, but our largest prayer gathering is, is on Wednesday nights. And my goodness, for those that have been in the room, now we're not able to be online. We've got a missionary leading us this week. I just encourage you to be there. But we've been seeing God move in incredible ways. Just this last week, uh, on Wednesday, Pastor Dan taught on binding and loosing, and I think all of us that were there could sense things shifting in the heavenly realms. 
I've known Pastor Dan since 2005. I married his daughter in 2007. I've never heard Pastor Dan teach on binding and loosing. <laughs> but praise the Lord, we're all on a journey together. He said he did it once before in his ministry, so he, he corrected me. <laughs> but uh, praise the Lord, God's doing something, and we're on this journey together. The demonic evil forces of darkness in the second heaven were put on notice when we wrote down those binding prayers in regards to things that are happening around us. And I'm telling you, friends, I'm faith-filled this morning that people are going to be loosed that have been oppressed for far too long in Jesus' name. 17 people agree with the pastor. Praise the Lord. The other 497 today are still bound, and we're going to get you loose. That's okay. (laughs) Amen. What What did he remind us, though, on Wednesday night? We cannot pray selfish prayers and expect God to move on our behalf. God is not a cosmic vending machine that we put the dollar in, we push E7, and we get our bag of Cheetos. That's not how it works. It's not the way it works in giving. It's not the way it works in praying. It's not the way that it operates in the kingdom of heaven. Furthermore, there are a multitude of times that most of us would have been better off or are better off because God did not answer our prayers in the way or the time in which we so desired. But just because prayer has been manipulated by many, even from the pulpits in our land, does not mean that we can skip over the reality that miraculous ministry is initiated through prayer. Why? Because prayer is our first response. It's never our last resort. We don't pray because we tried everything else. Nothing else worked. I guess I'll try God. Prayer's the right response when we know what to do, and it's the right response when we don't know what to do. Prayer, it's our first response. I remind those that uh, for clarification, if you need it, prayer never forces God to act. This is important, but prayer always aligns our heart with his. And whenever we pray in accordance with his will, we know it will come to pass. 1 John 5 and 14 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Isn't that good news after last week, those prophets of Baal and Elijah said, well, just yell a little louder. Maybe he doesn't hear you. We have assurance. We can come confidently to the throne of God because we know that he hears us. And we know if he hears us, the Bible says in verse 15, that whatever we ask, we know that we'll have what we've asked of him because we're asking it according to his will. So maybe you're new to this and you're wondering, well, that sounds good, Pastor Derek. I want to pray according to the will of God, but how do I know? Well, let me just give you one step, an easy way. Pastor Vicente was teaching on this. This is why, again, come on Wednesday night, talked about praying the word of God. So, you, you know, if you're wondering what to pray, if you read it in the word, feel free to pray it. <laughs> in fact, I have a list of get them God prayers. I pray the word, you know, because if that's his will, I want him to get them, you know, but whatever it is, you can pray because we know, like factually speaking, this is important for everybody to acknowledge that the Bible was not written to us. Like when I read a verse from the book of Ephesians, that was written to the church in Ephesus. Those that come to Israel, we're going to read about some of the people that things were written to. But how many people know through the help of the Holy Spirit, it wasn't written to us. It wasn't written to the church in Lakeville. It wasn't written to the church of the South Metro. It wasn't written to the church of Celebration. But it was written for us. 
And therefore, when we read his word, if we pray according to his word, then we know we're praying according to his will. Number three, number three. Miraculous ministry is experienced through partnership. This is important. And I just submit up front, I'm using words specifically for a reason. I know some people may have a trigger, so let me just stick with me for the whole point. It's experienced through partnership. I remind you that I chose the word partnership and not loyalty. See, seven people just got triggered. That's right. That's, that's what just happened, okay? Like, praise the Lord. If that didn't mess with you, thank the Lord for that in your life. But what I'm saying is, I know a lot of people, if they hear that word, that it has had more to do with manipulation in their life and negative experiences rather than good and healthy ones. Loyalty has often been one-sided, which, hear me, is not the biblical model. Loyalty is not a bad word, but it's been done poorly amongst humans. So I choose strategically to use the word partnership because it's easier for us to understand partnership as a two-way street, right? In fact, you heard Pastor Josiah mention the partnership class coming up. Why do we use the word partnership, not membership? Membership can have this connotation or this idea, I paid my dues, now you serve me. And partnership says we're in it together, In a business partnership, two people each bring something to the table. And by the way, most of the time, they don't bring the same thing. If you bring the same thing to the partnership, what do I need you for? So some people are better at other stuff than others. And Elijah said, let's go look for rain. Well, really, he said, you go look for rain. It's kind of like the same thing when I said, let's remodel the lobby. What I meant is you remodel lobby. I'll take pictures because I don't use power tools. You know what I'm saying? They're like, charge your cell phone, pastor. That's your power tool, a microphone, but don't touch the saw, pastor. Stay away. You know, one time Gail let me hold the cords out of the way while we were up high on the, the lift and he was like cutting. I almost lost a hand, praise the Lord, but I'm here. I'm here. He said, pastor, I'll do the hard work. Just stand there. I said, I can do that. I can just stand there. So we all got our talents and abilities, but we bring something to the table. That's what happens in a partnership. You know, relationships, marriages, those are partnerships. My wife is glad, or no, I was trying, I was gonna say, I'm glad I didn't marry someone just like me. And then I tried to like give her a compliment and I was like, that's gonna come out the wrong way. So I should go back to what I thought. That, that wasn't in my notes. I'm just saying partnership, bring something to the table. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Where's the Bible? I need a verse. He who knows not what to say. Okay, anyway, we bring something. Skipping right along, okay? But this is a kingdom principle of partnership. And I believe if we want the miraculous to mark our ministry, then we need to do it together. We were not created to be alone. We were not designed to live in isolation. One of the greatest lies of the enemy in our day is you don't need the church. Now, let me say this as plainly as I can. We need each other, period. And I know this can change throughout life, but you've got to decide who you're going to be partnered with. You've got to decide. I mean, my dad says seasons change and I get that, but you've got to decide. We don't read the name of Elijah's servant here, but there was trust that had been developed between the two of them. 
Let's look back at the text, right? What did he say? Go and look toward the sea. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there. And seven more times, Elijah said, go back. This is three and a half years later. I don't know what all they went through. I'm not sure what things they had experienced, but there was enough trust that the servant went back for a total of eight times. I wonder if that had happened today, how many people would even make it two or three times? It seems like today a more common result would be, well, you go look for yourself, Mr. Man of God. You just call fire from heaven. Surely you can see if it's going to rain. That's fine. You can look at me super spiritual, but I've been alive in the last three years and I know what everybody's been up to. But there was trust and the servant said, I'll do it. Now, let me just mention, this wasn't my opinion strictly based on a personal trust. There were spiritual things in play. If he had been with him, he would know about the prophecy that there would not be rain. So, so even more than just the person of the servant being committed to Elijah, I believe he was committed to the mission that they were on. So it's always important when you're on a journey with somebody, when you're partnered with somebody, you got to know, hey, where are you going in life? What, what are you up to? Where's God leading you? What's going on? You got to know who you're running with. And when you're committed to the same mission, you'll do some stuff that doesn't make sense. Can you imagine if he was like, well, Mr. Man or God, I don't know. I've been four times. Maybe you should go look because you might, I don't know. Maybe I got, I, you know, like, and he was like, all right. But here's the thing. It was a two-way street. This is important, not just for us here today, but I believe the body of Christ. Look at what happened. Eight, we know, is, is, is the total of times that he went. Eight, biblically, is new beginnings. Doesn't it feel like God is up to doing some, some new things today? It's, it's not a coincidence that here we are. We're coming up on completing eight years for us in the church. God is doing some new things. There was trust and partnership. And a lot of times we might leave it there, but I want to prove to you that partnership is a two-way street. The Bible says seven times Elijah said, go back. And verse 44 said the seventh time that he came back after that, he reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. And what did Elijah do? He believed the word that he received from his ministry partner and he acted upon it. Come on, somebody. You need to be partnered with people that you can take at their word and act upon it. I remind you, I'm not talking about things that are contrary to God's word. I'm referring to healthy and appropriate things right now. But you need to be partnered with people that you trust if they ask you to do something or if they bring a report to you. And this is especially important for us as we're living in the middle of a trust crisis today. You got to know who you're partnered with. And that can take time. I know there's a lot of new people at the church over the last year and even over this last month, it, it takes time. You got to determine who, who do you want to be partnered with? Who, who are you going to trust if you've been hurt before? You, you've got to determine that. But eventually, I'm telling you, if you, we see here this miraculous ministry happened through partnership. You know, for me, I think one of the greatest um, illustrations, there's a number of them, is my relationship with Pastor Vicente. Um, I, when I came, I thought he was a little weird. 
I've been here almost eight years and now I know he is. But I trust him. I know that if I walk in and he says, pastor, I think I might've heard something from the Lord. I'm listening. I know that if he says, I see something, I'm like, are you sure? That was not good in 2020. But he's got a proven track record. So next week he said, you know, pastor, I think I have a word from the Lord. Could I share next week? So next week he's going to preach. And, um, but it's a two way street. I know if I ask him to go seven times to something, he will do it. But I also know if he brings back a word, I can trust it. It's a two-way street. You know, in my life, I got those kind of relationships. My pastor here in Minnesota, Mark Dean, my dad nationally, like, like I mentioned to Pastor Vicente a week ago, you know, if, if one of my pastors showed up and they were like, I'm supposed to preach today, I'd be like, wow, all right. I'll get clarity later, but you got to decide who you're going to trust like that, who you're going to partner with like that. And I don't say that lightly because we're in a time where it seems like more and more people are not trustworthy. But, but it doesn't negate if we're going to experience all that God has for us, if we're going to see ministry multiplied, if we're going to be part of the miraculous, we're going to need some amount of partnership. So you and I have to decide for ourselves. Number four. And I'm a few minutes over, but that's okay. You know what, worship team, dismiss yourselves and just come on and we'll get to it. Number four, miraculous ministry is demonstrated through power. This is really the part that I wanted to get to that we're gonna pray for and believe for together, that it's demonstrated through power. So now some scholars uh, are unsure of how far he ran all the way to Jezreel. Some say it's as little as a half marathon, 13 miles. Some say it's as much as a full marathon, 26 miles. I know for sure I don't want to run that far for either of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just not for me. In fact, I don't know many prophets or pastors or any other five-fold ministry gift that can run further and faster than horses. But what does the Bible tell us that happened? Something miraculous. Something that Elijah could not do on his own. The Bible says that the power of the Lord came upon Elijah. I've been praying for that for us, church, that the power of the Lord would fall upon the people of God once again today. So Elijah tucks his cloak into his belt. What did he do? He removed hindrances from the task ahead. And under the power and anointing of the Lord, the Bible says that he ran ahead of a horse and chariot. <laughs> I need you to hear me, friends, for all who want to take part in miraculous ministry, it's only the power of the Lord that will enable you to go further and faster than you ever could on your own. The problems of our day need men and women empowered by the Spirit of God to do miraculous ministry. This is no longer the time for neat and tidy ministry. This is not the time for clean and simple things. It's the time for miraculous ministry. I told you earlier, I don't want to waste my life praying simple and easy prayers. I don't want to 
spend my time trying to accomplish things in my own strength and power. I don't want the story of my life and ministry to be, well, he was a good guy and he tried his best. I want God's miraculous power to be demonstrated through me in undeniable ways for the glory of God. So this year, I've been tucking my cloak in my belt. been removing some things, streamlining. Because the truth is, it's not just in 21 days of prayer and fasting that his word remains true. So there's a whole lot more of meeting to trust people at their word, not just Pastor Vicente, but a lot more. Because the truth is, if we're gonna do the miraculous ministry that I think we're called to do, there's gonna to have to be a whole lot more trust in acting upon a word without me. Somebody's asking, well, we got community groups starting, pastors aside, and they're like, can we study this book? I was like, I really don't have time to read that book. I got a stack of books on my desk that I ordered in the last two weeks, and I haven't read them. So you're gonna have to figure out What's the level of trust in the partnership? That's why we had to say, you know what, for us, to be a community group leader, to be a prayer partner, I need you to be a partner with the church. It's just gotta be a little bit of increased level of trust, responsibility, because the truth is, the day that we live in mandates miraculous ministry. can't just be cute slogans, can't just, it's, it's got to be demonstrations of power. So I'm evaluating calendar obligations. Why? So that I can run as fast as the Spirit will enable me in this time. So we're going to pray. Because really the evidence of miraculous ministry is Really not more explanation this morning, but it is a demonstration of the power of God. This is what we've been praying for. This is what we've been believing for. It's messaging with Pastor Andy and Ash last night. It's what we have been waiting, expecting God to do. And so that's what we're gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna ask the pastors and prayer partners to prepare themselves and come forward. And in a minute, the team's gonna lead us in song and. We're gonna declare that he is our firm foundation. If you're able, would you stand to your feet this morning? And I wanna give some instruction for what we're gonna do. These are men and women of faith. that are gonna pray faith-filled prayers over your life. There's really three different categories of uh, prayer that we wanna pray this morning. The first one, man, if you're here and you're not right with God, You've been living in sin. You've been going on a road, the Bible says, that leads to death. You ought to come forward in a moment. We're going to ask everybody, regardless of your situation, give your name and your need. But if that's you, come forward. My name is Derek. I want to give my life to Christ. And we're going to pray. That's the number one thing that we can pray with you about today. It's the number one thing. Don't leave trapped in sin. Don't leave on the road that leads to death. But you can leave a new creation in Jesus Christ. The second area 
would be you might come forward for prayer for yourself. Now I remind you, these are not gonna be like little mealtime, bedtime prayers. These are gonna be like faith-filled prayers, the Bible says, that'll make the sick person well, <laughs> that'll set the captive free, that'll restore those who've been held in bondage, right? Like, like real prayers. If, if you've been praying for a while, you've not seen healing in your body, you've not seen a family member come back to Christ, you, you've been praying, you've been waiting, we're gonna believe again today. Second area that we'll pray. So you come forward, give them your name and your need. And the third area is you might wanna come forward and, and stand in the gap, be a point of contact for somebody else. I've been praying, she watches every week. Been praying for my grandmother, my mom's mom. Vision's been failing, body needs a miracle. Been praying. So you can stand in the gap for somebody else and, and we're gonna pray. I've on purpose, I've, I was gonna say I've ended early, but I've not ended. I've gotten to this point early on purpose. There's no need to rush out. There's nothing else we really need to do. This is what we fasted and prayed for. This is the moment, but more than that we've been waiting for it, I believe God has. That he wants to set his people free. That he wants you to live in freedom. Like Pastor Dan said, we can bind up those evil spirits that have been oppressing. We can see people loose to live in freedom the way that God has intended us to. And we're gonna pray for you, even as the team leads. So in a moment, I'm gonna pray for us all. And then if that's you, you want prayer, you step out and come forward. And I'll dismiss in a number of minutes, like at least 10 from now. We don't have any rush. Uh, Perkins will be open when we get there. It's not a problem. But we're gonna pray and ask God to do what only he could do. And then when I finish praying, if that's you, you can step out and we'll pray with you as long as we need to before we dismiss. So let's pray. Father, we're asking even now for each and every one, those who feel so far from you, those who've been living in sin, I pray that they make a choice to repent of their sin today, to surrender their life to you, to make you not only their savior, but their Lord, that they would leave their sin at the altar today, that they would leave a new creation. I'm praying for those that have been praying for a long time. They're sick in their body or, or lack of finance, whatever it is, the different things that they've been praying for. I'm praying that this would be a miraculously, uh, a miraculous ministry moment in their life, that it would be undeniable that they would be able to act on that word. And those who will come and stand in the gap for people that they've been praying for, for, that they've been believing with. God, let it be done So, in such a way that none of us could take credit for it. None of us would receive thanks or praise for it, but only you, the one who saves, who sets free and delivers. It's in that mighty name of Jesus that we ask these things. Amen. If that's you, step forward from where you are as the team leads us in this song. Let's lift it. Let's make an atmosphere of faith as we bring it to the Lord today, that he is our firm foundation. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. The rock on which... We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or for the tenth time, please reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week.